Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, all liquid detergent, or Utz chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. Good evening, everyone, or good afternoon, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. This is the Custard TV podcast. Uh, I am not Luke. I am not the editor and runner of the, uh, the website, but I do do a lot of work on the website. My name's Matt, and I'm joined by uh, Gary. Good, uh, uh, good, good evening, I suppose. Good pre-evening. It's the pre-evening. Pre- the pre-evening. I call it the pre-evening. Pre-evening. Good pre-evening. Good pre-evening. This is our first pre-evening podcast. Indeed. It's <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Hey, there you are, Luke. If you need the uh, title of the podcast, it's uh, Welcome to the, the Pre-evening Podcast. Pre-evening podcast. Pre-evening podcast. Yes, with myself and Gary. <laughs> Gary and Matt talking telly on the Custard TV podcast. Luke is somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. He's on an undercover assignment. Um, probably trying to get on uh, The Apprentice. You're fired. More on that I, later. I thought he was on hunted, and therefore he was staying low for the week. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, still, he's still done better than them two women. On that, on that, uh, <laughs> we'll on come that, later. that. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh, I thought we'd be better than this. But me and Gary are still going to have a chat about the best and worst of uh, the week in TV. We'll, we'll kick off uh, with two sections uh, featuring Gary, including Gary Goes West. Uh, if you haven't heard the show before, that's where Gary talks the uh, uh, US TV news and reviews. Yes. And then we'll kick into a lot of reviews because we've do- basically we haven't done one for two weeks. So there's, uh, well, it's like about with... ten days. Or... Yeah, it's two weeks, isn't it? Bank holiday two Monday, weeks, wasn't it? Uh, bank holiday Monday, yeah. Uh, so uh, two weeks worth of reviews and then uh, we'll kick into uh, our picks of the week ahead but uh, unfortunately no quiz this week because we've got no loot. Does it mean that you get an extra point for Matt for the loot not being I think here? So. I, I really do think so. I'll, yeah. As Quizmaster I'll, I'll rule on that later. Uh, as people might know Dara O'Brien uh, left The Apprentice You're Fired last season uh, at the end of the last series and uh, Jack D has been appointed as the host. I think that's good. He's been on He's been on several kind of your fire programs, and he's he's a good a good host of a show. Uh, and I follow him on Twitter. He's he's always been quite a good apprentice tweeter as well, uh, which is good to know. Uh, and he'll be joined regularly by a friend of the podcast, Romesh Ranganathan. The Romesh Ranganathan thing did start when we were talking about yeah Dara O'Brien being fired, wasn't it? It was. He well, was not fired. Sorry, I, I don't. He left. I don't quite. You've left. Yeah, I don't quite think Romesh is a big enough name to carry the show, but I think him being a regular on it will be good for him. You predicted Ramesh Ranganathan as well, I think. Yeah. You know, he's not the main host, but he's on it constantly, so I think you should give yourself a pat on the back for that one, Gary. Hold on, hold on. Hey, oh, pat on the back. Great. Yeah, lovely. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, there is... after, after that pat on the back, do you want to go where? Indeed. Uh, play the music. Narcos, a new show on Netflix that... Uh, 
is all about Colombian drug lords and uh, Pablo Escobar. Uh, if you're familiar with him, then you're a bad person. Uh, and that's been renewed for a second series. I haven't watched it yet on Netflix. I've, I've, I've sort of added it to my list and heard lots of good things. Ten episodes, very film-like is what they're saying in, in the look and the feel. It's like a ten-episode film uh, with the amount of money that is being spent on it. Um, but again, also apparently quite a bit subtitled because quite a lot of it is set in Colombian, in Colombia. Yeah. So uh, you might be Colombian, Colombia. Colombian, Colombia, as opposed to uh, Ecuadorian, Colombia. Uh, and uh, I can't go this week without mentioning the success of Stephen Colbert as the new host of The Late Show. Fans of this show will know that I've got a good, in- healthy interest in American talk shows. Um, and uh, it's a shame it's not being shown live over here anywhere. But if you know where to look or you can follow them on YouTube, you can get the best clips. I think most of the, um, the, the good stuff is that uh, uh, Stephen Colbert is, is, is not just a funny character. He had the interview this week with Vice President Joe Biden, and uh, he actually touched on the fact that Joe Biden lost his eldest son this year. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's, it was very touching, and uh, it was very good. Not what you'd expect from a comedian to come out and do that, but the show is great. It's received absolutely massive ratings uh, in America, and I, I really hope that someone over here picks up because I know we get Conan on True TV. Conan, Conan. not the Conan barbarian. Conan, yeah, no, Conan, Conan. O'Brien. I think uh, it's just Conan, not Conan. <laughs> is it not? Okay. And we do get you can watch Jimmy Kimmel on um, CNBC, yeah. I think, or you know Jimmy Fallon, I think, or whatever. One Jimmy of them. Fallon. Fallon. Yeah, I remember it. seeing Jimmy Fallon being on before. Yeah. Um. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the campaign for getting Stephen Colbert the Late Show somewhere on the UK should start right here. I even feel like maybe there should be like a hashtag or something. I watched the first episode of an American show called Ballers. I feel like there should be like an exclamation part or it should be sort of ballers like that. No? Okay. okay fine. Uh, this is, this features The Rock. And um, for those of you that don't watch wrestling, that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I uh, know The Rock. He's been in films. He has. He's in the Fast, Fast, Fast Furious. Scorpion King and all that. So, um, and he's, he's pretty good. This is a, it's called a comedy, but it's not a laugh out loud comedy. Uh, and it's very similar and made by the same people who made Entourage. Did you ever watch Entourage, Matt? No, maybe one or two episodes on the ITV2 edit. Oh, it, that's true. It? Yes, and it was on um, it was on various other channels. I think FX or something showed it. Uh, but um, it, it's very similar to that. It's based around the world of sports management, and The Rock plays a former athlete who has retired and moved into sort of financial management and you know agenting and things like that. Um, I'm a fan of American football. It returns to British television this weekend, kicks off. Uh, but I didn't find that this in, didn't find this that entertaining. The Rock's pretty good. You know, he actually plays a very believable character. He was an American football player himself in college. Uh, so they've actually spliced in some footage of him, mm, you know. No, I remember that, yeah, yeah. He did before he was a wrestler, didn't he? He did, and they've spliced it yeah. into the opening credits. They've spliced in sort of him sort of playing. Uh, in college and things like that. It gives it a bit of realism. It's not bad, but it's not a comedy, so don't expect that. But if you have a passing interest in American sports, uh, it's got lots of cultural references, it's got lots of guest stars. Uh, and this is kind of The Rock's first foray into television, I think. Mm, so, yeah. you know, again, good film stars coming into television is now more than more than just comedy. This was HBO, wasn't it? It is a HBO, so you can only watch it on the old Sky Atlantic yeah. uh, in this country. Uh, not a high recommendation from me, but again, it's only hard. It looks just a little sort of bit of brainless sort of fun uh, yeah. from the advert. 
it looks like... And it's only um, half an hour. So, unlike most American shows that are sort of 40 minutes, this is only sort of 20 minutes with adverts, or 25. Yeah, so it's like a comedy. Yeah, but it's not... A, don't expect laughs. Don't expect to sit we, there and chuckle the whole way through. Right, uh, so that's the end of uh, Gary Goes West. So, Gary will now come east and uh, rejoin Matt. <laughs> And Strictly returned with uh, the launch show. This is the sort of arranged marriage. Uh, <laughs> what I this like is to like call. first dates for celebrities. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think this has got... I mean, someone like me who's watched it for years and years now gets an idea of who's going to get paired up with who. And Do it's you quite, find that interesting? I, I, I watched I the show, it's, but it's I can't It's quite fun to say, like, oh, well, you know, I think the so-and-so's going... I suppose the big one is who's Anton going to get, who was this year, was Katie Darren, which was an interesting choice, because she's the one that is sort of almost like an unknown quantity. I no one quite, felt no one quite sure knows who he was going to get the weather woman. Carol. Yeah, yeah I did as well. I said it's going to be Carol with Anton. But, but they put her with Pasha, who, who won it last year. Christina Rianoff has been paired up with Daniel O'Donnell, which a lot of people have commented is because, you know, she's been linked to breaking down a couple of marriages in the past with her male partners having... Oh, yeah, the rugby player last year. Uh, ben Cohen. That was a couple of years ago. Because you were signed with Lou last year. Oh, that's true, yeah. And um, before that, uh, Joe Calzaghi, who she was with for a while. Um, I think he was in- involved when they started dancing together. So, this year, let's put it with Daniel O'Donnell. Yeah, let's... <laughs> he's, he, he looks like he's going to be a very nice man, but can't dance for Tossie. Yeah, but this year, you say that about the dance quality. It looked like the dance quality is higher than previous years. Yeah, we were a bit worried, wasn't we, the last one, last, the last show we did, that this was the austerity strictly. Mm. But actually, they, I think maybe I, they have I, been a yeah. bit cleverer than we think. I think in terms of name value, there's not that many big names. But in terms of, like, the, the quality of the dancing, I think, will be higher. I think the only duffers maybe will be Daniel O'Donnell, Jeremy Vine. Yeah. And maybe Carol, Carol from the West. Those but, are the three. But who knows? You know, she may have had an entertainment background from coming into the weather. She, could, yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Like any any predictions uh, now? We've seen them all done. I mean, I who, still think Peter Andre will go far in the competition, especially as with Jeanette Monrara. Yeah. With um, uh, Max Browning. I think no. Helen Jordan pulled the midwife. That would be one of mine. She seemed quite. Yes. Um, it's very Good. difficult to tell. They did very little dancing. They did the book choreography yeah. sort of, you know, combination at the end, but very little actual dancing. And we also have three new um, dancers, including one called Oti, which I have to say was <laughs> Oti goodness. That would be the new catchphrase. If Bruce was still around... You know full um, well, yes. And, so that would be and although I'd have to say, Tess is kind of picking up the pun diary, mm. the puns, you know, from, from yeah. Bruce, but... Uh, I'm glad Claudia's there, because she's sort of quite grounded, and she's sort yeah. of there to make sure... As we said, like, last week or the week before, you know, I think Claudia's there to make sure we know it's all just a bit of fun, it's all just dancing yes. at the end of the day. We're not taking things She, she brings... I, I mean, didn't she, didn't she bring in the headgear or something, or, or the hat yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. She kind of I, brings she, that comedy element in that I quite like. She can do the jokes. Tess, Tess is quite straight, almost, isn't she, in a way? Do you know what Indeed. I mean? Like, she, she's, she is very glued to that auto-cue. <laughs> but I, um, overall, I thought it was a good show, and I suppose hmm. it shows you that, you know, Strictly is coming. It's a nice little thing for the BBC to do. It's not hmm. a real big interest, you know, it is literally, okay, you go with you and we'll, yeah. have, you know, have a few musical guests. But I think for fans of the show, for long-time hmm. fans of the show, I think it is interesting. And then and to me, on, I... the web, on the website, then, you get the little clips of everyone in training. I mean, yeah. if you go on now, there's a few on there already. You see 
sort of their first step. So you get one of those between for everyone. So when it comes oh, back, okay. I'm guessing it'll be at the start of October. Uh, yes, usually. I do think they. I do think they said when it was coming back. Yeah, and I think you're it's right. usually they usually do a Friday it, and Saturday. It, yeah, then. there's a Friday, and it's normally around the same time that Doctor Who returns, isn't it? It's kind of well, that's so that's, that's next. Uh, is that next Saturday? Next week. So maybe it'll be maybe it'll be the week Saturday. after. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they like to do that. Yeah, twenty six. Oh, the week right. after that. Mm, I'm not sure. Anyway, maybe. we'll find out. Moving on to some more reality TV. Bake Off. Um, this week saw Pastry Week. Yes. You Soggy Bottom. Yes. Uh, um, and, and, the, and the lovely Alvin uh, was eliminated. But they kind of telegraphed it from the very first one. They kind of kept yeah. saying about his timing issues. and. I mean, they tried so. to put it there with Nadia, didn't they? And her not putting any... Uh, filling in her volivon. Yeah, that was weird. Well, she said it was volivons deconstructed, which was just a yeah. lie. That this week uh, we had a bake off at work. Oh, um, I, bake I, I baked a coffee and walnut cake. I did not win, but I got high praise oh. uh, for my cake, and it's all gone. That's that's always a good in our office. Did you get a special commendation? No, no, no. They, they just did something for the winner. What other was, thing he got? For the his bread the winner uh, made a piñata cake. Oh. Uh, a six-layer sponge with uh, sweets in the middle that there was the piñata. You know, so when you cut the cake, yeah. they fell out. Delicious. That's a bit cheating, I think. Well, no, but it was, it was, it was quality. But yes, so... Uh, it was a bit that... I demand a steward's inquiry. I did ask for a recount, uh, but I oh. uh, was told that. No. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I liked um, uh, about Bake Off this week, again, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No. You know, you counter that with, as you said, the X Factor. It, it, it's just so light and frothy. Which I like. Gary and Matt. Talking telly. On the Custom TV podcast. So, yeah, so we'll go now to uh, something I'm surprised Gary's watched. Yeah. Uh, and this is Dr. Foster we're talking about. This is his new uh, five part drama on BBC One on Wednesday night. Five Following parts. on from Bake Off. Yeah, five parts. Wow. Um. Does Saran Jones as Gemma Foster, a GP and practice manager? And now, where was she living? Where was she living? Because it was um, they were they were saying how it was a small town and she'd moved there from London to be with her husband. I didn't pick up the name, and I no. don't know whether it's a real place. So it's like a small village, wasn't it? It was a bit bigger than a town. village, but I suppose yeah, because it had a big medical centre. So, but yes, certainly it had mm. a small town feel. Yeah, um, That's what and you're supposed to believe. Basically, it starts with her, uh, she's worn her husband's scarf, she takes it off and finds a blonde hair on it, and from there she gets this paranoia that is he having an affair, you know, is he just doing something else, uh, and he has, you know, she has little meetings with, say, meets his assistant outside the school gate. Yeah. There's a little, like, uh, focusing on every time he touches a blonde woman's shoulder. Yeah, or, they were, they, uh, it, it, was, it was wonderfully shot in that way that it built the paranoia for the audiences at the same time that Saran Jones was kind of feeling it. Yeah. Um, and, and, Gary, did you notice who was playing their family friend at that dinner? Um, the blonde hair. Uh, what, you know, the, well, like, the, one, the one that it was revealed he, he was having the affair with, or...? No, no, no. You know, early on when they were having the dinner and she said oh, to the, the friend... Oh, the one that or... came into the kitchen to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I did recognise her, but I couldn't pull her out of a lineup. It's Luther's wife's lesbian lover oh, from what remains. No, hold on. Luther's <laughs> wife's lesbian lover is the one out of Game of Thrones. No, she's Luther's wife. Oh, of course. So this was Luther's wife's lesbian lover out yeah. of um, that game. What remains. Yeah. Oh. 
but with a blonde wig on. Luther's wife's lesbian lover gets around. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Um, I mean, I quite liked this. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. Tell me what you thought, because this doesn't strike me as your sort of thing. I didn't watch it at the time it was on. I watched it on mm. catch-up, which I have to say is, is a running theme with me at the moment, uh, apart from sporting events and maybe the news. I don't seem to watch anything as it's on. Um, I thought Saran Jones was really good. That's the main thing. And I quite liked the side plot lines, you know, the, the crazy doctor who has gone oh, off the rails. Yeah, that was quite good. And, and, and the kind of relationship, you know, the intrigue of... Uh, I, liked, I liked the bit where his secretary turned up and caught her in his yeah. office. Just because it was kind of like that lovely misdirection of you're meant to think it's her and that it's not. And I, the only thing Although there was still a lot of mystery at the end when she found the phone. Yeah. There was a lot of information. Well, and not only, well, it's not only a phone, she found like a, 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 a false uh, boot, yeah. didn't she? And all yeah. these kind yeah. of like mystery things are held in there. Um, so I thought but, like, was there was really the good. text from her colleague who, who seemingly knows about it. Yeah. There's you know, the, the, obviously the teenage girl that he's having an affair with, who was who was in um, the other thing you never stuck with, Remember Me, with Michael Palin. Right. And also in My Fat Diary, Jodie Comer's her name. She's a very good actress, so I'm hoping she'll get more to do as it goes I would have thought so, yes. Yeah. Now, the interesting dynamic right. was the relationship between Saran Jones and the um, in-trouble patient, patient uh, who was being abused by her partner. Uh, and this was kind of like uh, where Saran Jones turned, you know, she abused her position as um, head of a local GP practice and sort of uh, became the psychotic woman, really. Mm. Uh, I was surprised they did that if it's five episodes that early. Mm. I didn't mind so, the reveal of the fact that he's having the well, affair. I think this is all going to sort of catch up with her, isn't it, as it goes oh, yeah. on? She's going to yeah. end up in the... I mean, I, I've kind of uh, slightly telegraphed it. She's going to end up needing the help of that doctor she fired. Yeah, no, definitely. I yeah, think. Robert Pugh, um, I think so as well. And, and, and what I liked about this was... It's going to end up start... coming true, what he said about her. Mm-hmm. The arrogance of yeah. it. Yeah. What I liked about this as well is the style of it. It was very sort of glossy, very... But did you like... notice there were moments of silence in it, which I liked yeah. intentionally? Very yeah. Nordic noir, uh, which I, I liked. I, I think this is what... Because at the start, I was like, oh, I don't know. Luke had, Luke had seen this already right. and said he really enjoyed it. It took me a while to really get into it, but I think it was, the, as you say, Saran Jones was excellent. Yes. It was very much, it had the gloss of almost like a cable drama to it, an American it, cable drama. It did feel very that, like that, actually. Mm. Um, like the sort yeah, of style of it. And as you say, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of visual stuff, a lot of moments of silence. There's not as much dialogue as in other dramas, and I think that helped it. You know, this was this sort of mm. physical, almost like a physical search for evidence of her husband cheating on her. Um, and there was a lot of unloading information all at the end of the episode. It it, yeah, you did. If, that if was you the bit, I had bit, to watch then... that back again. I have to say, I had to watch I, that I, back again. I'm not again surprised, she... and I think had I, not, had I been watching it mm. live and just watched the whole hour, maybe I would have gone back. But as, just the bit where she, it, as you say, up, yeah. found all the found all that evidence in one go. Yeah. That, for me, was the bit that was like, oh, could we not have paced this out a little bit? Yeah. But there you go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think we're both going to stick with this, and hopefully next week, uh, Luke... Yes, it'll be, be good back. to get Luke's thoughts next week. Um, and uh, I suppose we ought to say here, if you've got your thoughts, uh, dear podcast mm. listener, we'd love to know them. Uh, you can get in touch with us. We'll give you details of how to do that at the end of the, at the, end of the show. But, uh, yeah, what did you think of Dr. Foster? 
head over now to Channel 4 for some sort of factually thingies. Uh, I'll start just briefly with the catch, which was their latest um, fixed rig programme, as they call them. Oh, yes. This time they set up a rig on a number of fishing boats. The first episode, it was basically this guy who'd been at sea for ages. Phil was the name of the skipper. Um, he decided to take his team into a storm to get a better catch, to get more money, basically, at the end of the day. Because they survive on, you know, how well the fish prices are. And, and their first catch wouldn't have netted them much money, so they decided to head off into the storm. And you, as the audience, followed this journey. And it was really sort of, you know, you actually felt like you were in the boat. You know, at one point I felt almost sort of seasick with the movements of the camera going back and forth on this boat. And it was really sort of like a sort of visceral experience and it's really well done. But at the same time, they had a really nice story involving this lad called Louis, who was on his first ride on the boat. He was sort of unemployed, living on the dole, living with his mum. Never really had any close friends, was homeschooled. And it was just this really sort of sweet story about him sort of finding his place in the crew and stuff like that. And then sort of treating him like a new member of the group. And it was really, really well done. There was a second episode. Would you like to know the name of the boat? Yes, please. The Governic of La... There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. That's it. Um, so yeah, I really recommended the catch. The other one uh, that we've both watched is Hunted, which was on, on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, this yeah you couldn't really place this in any yeah. one category. It was sort of what they were mentioning is that now at Channel Four they have like different divisions working together, whereas other channels don't have that to create programs that don't necessarily slot into any one box. And this is one of them. This hunted. They try. They've tried very hard with this show to to oh. make you empathise or feel with the people that are being hunted. So we had three mm. groups that you were introduced to this week. It was a uh, an outspoken... One only briefly. Well, yeah, an outspoken GP from Kent, uh, a two lifelong friends from London, and two women who I don't know where they were from, and they didn't really even leave where they were, and they got caught within, like, about a minute. Yeah. They, they, they were just basically going, these are the first people to get caught, yeah. weren't they, really? And the premise... They'd be on the run for two days, Oh, were they? Okay, to... so it was really... Yeah, they only got them when they got some money out of an ATM, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then they... The, the basic premise is that you get given an hour... Um, and to be told that the, the team that are this international group of people who are experts in their, their yeah, field. Yeah, best police detectives in tracking, you know, people from the CIA. Yeah, former CIA, yeah, cyber, cyber divisions and things like that. So you get an hour to, to go. Uh, and at the same time that you get told to go, they get given your name and date of birth. So it's not like they get given, like, you know, so they're, they're at a similar disadvantage at the beginning as you're at an advantage. You know, you've got that time scale. Mm. And I quite liked that premise, that idea that it was go. Um, and, and certainly, obviously, they've been given time to prepare. The doctor had 
prepared his whole kind of area he was moving to and his whole route and how he was going to do it. And um, that that was very interesting. I didn't like the two ladies. Girls. Yeah. I didn't. Especially the one who kept ringing yes. home to find out her son. I liked actually how they did that revelation about the son. That felt almost very dramatic rather than like the fact yeah. bit. Yeah. But it gave, it, was like, that's the, it gave you that kind of insight to, to they, mm. the police. It almost tried to paint the police as the bad guys a little mm. bit. Like, oh, they're using her family. But actually, if these people were being hunted for a crime based on you, you'd want the police to do anything. I think that's it, isn't it? I think this is the, the fact that we're treating these like people who we're meant to sympathise with yeah. as like they are actually the the criminals in this situation, yes. they are the fugitives, even if they even though they've just signed up to be part of a TV show. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're supposed but, to be the bad guys, but you, you, you immediately empathise with them because of them being sort of real people. I, I, I think that the cast that, that they've picked, or the experts that they've picked, are a little bit interchangeable and tough mm-hmm. to introduce in one go, because there were so yeah. many of them. Mm. Well, I think the thing is with this is that they are, I mean, they, as you said, they only showed three people, but I think all the people are going on the run at the same time. They are tracking all 12 people. Yes. But we were only, we're only a getting few. a few each week, I think. But it is an interesting premise. Again, there's just that question over, is there any sort of contrivance to it? Because a lot of the time it's like, oh, we've just found them. Oh, she's just decided to make a phone call home. Oh, blah, blah, but I think know. they did try to set up this psychological thing, you know, and, mm. and, and, and the dynamic between the two friends was that the, the, the blonde, I can't remember their names, obviously, the blonde one was like... Was it Lauren and Emily? Be, yes, that sounds familiar. Uh, the blonde one was saying, like, don't look in the cameras, don't do this, don't do that. Yet she was the one that the first time they managed to settle down, rang her, her partner or her, her child's father. Yeah. Now, that's a very human thing that you would want to do, of being in contact with your, you know, a child that looked quite young, but then don't go around lecturing your friend about not looking into tele- cameras. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing far worse by doing that. And I think they did get sort of, they hitched a ride right towards the end, and he was kind of telling her off a bit, wasn't he? He was kind of going, oh, well, you know, you've, you've, hmm. you've shot yourself in the foot. And they did do the kind of false... There's the false yeah. excitement, you know, oh, the cars are on a collision. They're coming towards... Oh, no, they've turned off and gone elsewhere. You know, they, they're trying to set up the excitement of it, whereas I quite like the psychological part of it a bit more. Mm. One, uh, so one more thing, and it's only a thing that only Gary's watched, is uh, it was all right in the 1970s. This is our final Channel 4 thing. Well, I, I only mentioned this because it got quite a bit of hype in the week le- leading up to it. It was on the last weekend. I've never seen such a badly produced television programme in some time. This was talking heads at its worst. This was just basically showing clips of 70s television from the perspective of people who were around in the 70s but were watching television, people who were now you know, seeing it for the first time, and then some people who were kind of involved in it. Um, and it went through the gamut of kind of, you know, the 70s were not a great period for British television uh, in comparison to what you, the cultural elements of today, you know, racism, sexism, male chauvinism was kind of element and it was kind of accepted. You know, Benny Hill was probably the most popular comedian on television, <coughs> excuse me, you know, uh, and things like that. But you always have to watch that with an idea of knowing what it was like at the time. So, I, uh, and, and, and it was kind mm. of trying to be a bit goggle box six, you know, yeah, they were watching doing... it, but then... 
I think they're doing a whole series of this, well, they're aren't doing they? The 80s the 60s, and, 90s, and, they're, and they're doing the 60s. Well, then why did they back. start with the 60s? I don't know. I don't know, Gary. I just don't know. And it, and Matt Lucas was was voiceover, and unfortunately, he probably would have been better if he'd voiced it over in any one of his other characters because it, it was dull. Marjorie Dawes, something or like that. Yeah, Mickey Pollard. Exactly. Um, the Talking Heads were the various Z-less celebrities, uh, and. I don't know. I just did. I thought this was going to be quite a fun look back at television in the seventies. It was not. We're doing a bit of a segue because we're going from a program talking about the seventies to a program set in the seventies. See that? Cradle to grave. Very one um, show. Well done. This is this is stars um da- uh, doesn't star Danny Baker. It's about Danny Baker. It's based on the uh, two like, books. Based on his autobiographies. Yes. And it stars Peter Kay as his father Spud and uh, a young actor, I believe, a newcomer called Laurie. Nyaston and Lucy, as, Lucy as, Speed as his and Lucy mother. Lucy Speed of EastEnders as his mother, Bette. Yes. There you go. Um, I I mean, I'd seen this a couple of times on previews and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be interested to see what Gary thought, because it's sort of... Is this your sort of area anyway? This well... This sort of area of London? It's, it's very close to where I, where I live. Mm. Uh, and very similar. But, of course, I didn't grow up in the... Well, I grew up in the 70s, yeah. but I was very young. You know, I didn't live... You know, he was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of... Apart from Danny Baker's voiceover, which started the first show and then morphed into his younger self, this is as far removed from being about Danny Baker as it is about being a jolly good sitcom. Mm. Um, his father is almost kind of like a Del Boy character. Yeah. Uh, you know, to the point where he sells useless information, sells his wife's washing machine to buy a freezer. Mm. Uh, Wheeler did. Did you notice um, Peter Dean from EastEnders? Peter Dean, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I liked a bit yeah. of that. Um, and, and I think, unfortunately, some people have been rather cruel about Peter Kay about his Cockney accent. Yeah, I mean, I think he, almost to me, the fact that he can't do this accent spoils it a bit because it uh, makes him really like a cat. So, yeah, I mean, I, to me, I found it all a bit sort of anecdotal and a bit, you know, there wasn't a sort of sort of solid narrative, especially in that first episode. It all felt like plucked from yes. different bits of his life rather than yes, a I think through the, line. The second episode, which focused more on his... Uh, was it the second episode this week or the third? I can't remember. Second. second. So this week featured more on Danny Baker's first outlets with alcohol. Mm. Uh, and I think this, ep- this second episode was stronger. But what mm. I think is, because it's written by Danny Baker and uh, Jeff Pope, who wrote Silla... Yeah. And, and, and for people that don't adults. know, Danny Baker was the main scriptwriter on things like uh, TFI Friday. Mm. So, and, and he's, he's not his football stuff, doesn't he? On five. Well, lines. no, he doesn't. That's the. Right. <laughs> he does a very good entertainment stroke football show uh, on a Saturday morning on oh, Five okay. Live. He's a radio legend. It's me, really. and, it's me and football. Come on, yeah, okay. I don't good know. Point. Um, there will be an episode about him going to Millwall. You know there will. There's a sort of like disparity between the two because I think Danny Baker's trying to write this sort of comedic look back at his life, and Jeff Pope seems to be trying to write a more sort of you know. Pe- Portrait of adolescence in the 1970s. Although the scene, they're, they're very much focusing not only on Danny Baker, but the parents and, and yeah. the siblings and things like that. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. And I think the relationship, the way Peter Kay comes across, it does very much remind you of Del Boy. Yeah. And, and I therefore, just he... and not, not only the character, but the storylines and the things he gets into, to much of where I could actually have closed my eyes with the caravan scene with them all going, oh, did you get this week from yeah. so-and-so and so-and-so? It, uh, just close your eyes and it was Del Boy. I, think not, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that was... Del Boy was a depiction of what people were like in Peckham and the South East of that time. So it's not unrealistic. 
I just felt there was a bit of a disparity in tone in this. And also, mm-hmm. um, interestingly, they filmed it in Manchester because I think now in that area, there's no not many places that look like that anymore. No, like Bermondsey does not look yeah. like that anymore. But well, Manchester still does. Say. Yeah. I, I, you know, who, who really? Uh, the North. I'll, I'll just give you just give you a little clue there. It's not real. Uh, it's actually a television show, Matt. So they don't have to film it as it happened. Uh, Sorry. Well, not as it happened. Uh, but, you know, the same area. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> a, a lot of American sort of, shows are filmed in Vancouver. The, the same sort of part of the country, not like yeah. up north. Yes. Um, finally, just a little word. I mentioned this is my pick of the week. Uh, the last time we were on was Boy Meets Girl. Oh yeah. Um, this is the uh, BBC's first transgender sitcom, uh, stars uh, Rebecca Root, who is a transgender actress herself, and also Harry Heppel is the male lead, both of whom are, qu- are fairly sort of new to the screen. Uh, they basically play a couple, he's quite younger than her, and she also has had a sex change. she used to be a man. And it is, the, the fact was that it was presented as this sort of big... Sort of Does it build trail, up to like a reveal of the fact? Trailblazing show, actually no, because they do what they do mainly. I think because this was the the sort of main premise of it was that the first scene is her saying, "I was born with a penis," as the waiter comes to take their order for dinner, right. and then it's just like, "I think I'll need a minute." Yeah, and that's how it's done. <laughs> and, then it flashes, and then it'll flash back, and then it gets to that point again. But it is really. What I like about it is that the the leads are really sort of well written and it 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 flows quite well. It's a very sort of sweet nature comedy. It doesn't make too much of the central theme, while at the same time not shying away from the fact. You know, it, it goes in quite depth about you know people who've had sex changes, why they have sex changes, right. and sort of in out of the surgery and stuff like that. Yeah, the the, the, the sort of the, the the previews that they've been showing was the comment from her mother which shows I had a boy but or I had a, yeah. I don't have a son I have a little girl who came out a bit wrong yeah which is that I, you know, I, I, kind of... I, I think that's it I mean I've watched the first four so far on preview two right. have been on the telly and that scene must be towards the end of the of the series because that hasn't well, you only meet, yet. from what I understand of the reviews you only meet the mother in the episode that's just gone so or something oh, like no, you that. met oh, you met all the characters oh did you the oh okay episode. The second episode was the two families meeting. It was ah, all sort right. of a Sunday lunch and things like that. And it, I mean, the the families are the ones that that almost sort of spoil it a bit. You've got Denise Welsh in this, who at the best of times isn't like the the finest comic actor. No, definitely recommend this. Very sort of sweet natured. Almost got hints of Gavin and Stacey about it. I've, I've heard that comparison as well. Yeah, yeah very kind of, sort of supporting characters are the only things that are a bit. Sort of and, dodgy and I think the main the good thing is that the BBC two are pairing this with uh, uh, Cradle to Grave. Is it called yeah. Cradle to Grave? Yeah. Uh, at, yeah, yeah. So on Thursday nights, you know, if you if you like a good comedy, you've got a good choice. Two very different comedies, but. I can imagine people watching one after the other, to be honest. Like, you know, I can yeah, see yeah. people liking well, both. Uh, uh, the control of BBC Two, she mentioned that this was her, her dedication to getting comedy on at 9pm instead of at 10, trying to do this. And her name is Kim Schilling, Lord That's Harry. the lady. Big shout out to Kim <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, sorry that I forgot your name. <laughs> So let's go to uh, Pick of the Week, and Gary, we'll start with you. Okay, um, I mean, there's a couple of things that I think I would like to pick out, but seeing as Lucas okay. is here, that's not a problem. First, if you're a fan of Nordic Noir, then uh, tonight, and that probably means you'll have to catch up on iPlayer because this probably won't come out till tomorrow, uh, Beck on BBC4. No, not at all, it's all about the uh, quirky 90s indie be- uh, person. Uh, this is actually about a, a downbeat cop called Martin Beck. This is Sweden. 
this was first broadcast in 2009 in Sweden, so it's not new. Don't expect it to be the brand new thing. But, but again, I've heard this is good. Uh, he, he's kind of going uh, on a serial killer. And very kind of similar to the programme Witnesses, this is about someone who buries his victims alive. Mm, um, I saw that. Yeah. So I, I'm probably going to give this a go. I would imagine okay. they're doing doubles on BBC4 because that's what they've been doing. Uh, yeah, and I know that we're getting the bridge probably after this. The bridge three uh, is coming in. Oh, no, it's also. only what it's only one. Oh, is it? Oh, it's a one off. One hour and a half. Oh, OK. So it's like a film type thing. Oh, OK, fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll probably give it a go. And I know, as I say, I know we've got the bridge coming soon uh, on bridge three coming soon on, on, on the BBC four. Go on, you, Matt, you do another one and then I'll do another one. Okay, uh, one I want to point out, uh, This Is England 90, which is uh, the final chapter in Shane Meadows' This Is England saga. And I think it's one of those things that if you've been with the characters this long, I mean, the film was 2007, so this is going back eight years now, um, that you want to see how everything sort of finishes off for them. Um, So, yeah, that's my pick of the week. And then another for Gary. Well, my my kind of like uh, terrestrial TV pick of the week, shall we say. I actually think that an Inspector Calls, which is showing tomorrow night on BBC One. Mm, I've seen it. I won't won't spoil it. Okay, could be very good. This is a very classic. This is the longest, one of the longer running plays that runs on the West End, and it's not new at all. But it's got some very good people playing in it. Delwyn Thurwes plays Inspector Ghoul, who is the, the name of the inspector. And it's also got Miranda Richardson and Ken Stott, who I think was mm. vastly underrated in... Um, was, it, was, it, no, was it Missing earlier in the year? Yeah, The Missing. The missing. He was very good in that um, and, and didn't quite... Because, well, because his character was killed off halfway through, I suppose. Um, but I, I, I think this could be quite good. It's a one-off, obviously, because... The show is, well, this is yeah, yeah it, this, this is, is a play as opposed to but a show. this is part of um, this season they're doing of uh, they're calling them twentieth century classics yes. all sort of play the Lady Chatterley that was on last That's week. That's right, yes, which none of us, this, none of us have watched two, because we're all there's two we're all, there's two more as we've well. We've all been told um, off by our parents to not watch. The Go Between and Sided with Rosie, I believe, are the other two that are coming in the, in the next couple of weeks. Indeed. So I don't quite know how to end this now. Because Luke shied away from doing it. Uh, well, I, uh, I, I, I can reveal that I think I'm going to give Luke a pass. I'm going to let it stick. Oh, oh. I, I knew you'd be upset, so I didn't want to reveal it too early. But I think, you know, if he's being... Do you want to just ask me... Did you have questions for me for this week? Do you want to ask me two questions? Let's, uh, let's go to just that. Just so we can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I, okay, okay, so... Um, Matt versus Matt. Matt. Matt versus himself. <laughs> Would you like to pick a number between one and ten? I'll go for number five, Gary. Oh, this is extremely easy. Who played Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the TV show of the same name? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Correct. Uh, One point to Matt. Number one. Number one. This is another very easy one. Who became the new Doctor Who after Matt Smith's exit in the 2013 <laughs> Christmas special? Peter Capaldi. Are these uh, the ones you wrote for Luke? No, no, no. I, 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 I have found a website that has them on, and it has ten questions, and it's got... Uh, I think there's about... There's about but I think these ones, them, so yeah. I mean, I've got plenty of material. But these ones seem quite easy. Well, okay, so ask me what number 10 was. Right. Oh, no, hold give on, me, hold give on. Me, um, give me question 10. Give me the hardest question on your sheet. The hardest question That you think that. is the hardest question. Which of the Real Wives of Beverly Hills spin-off programme focus on a West Hollywood restaurant? Is it Vanderpump Rules? Well done, I had no idea yeah. you'd get that. <laughs> and also, the other one that I didn't think you'd get is what is the name of the ranch in the 60s series Bonanza? No, I don't know. It's called one. the Ponderosa. And don't forget, uh, as we come on and do our, our social media uh, bits and bobs, yeah, okay. you can direct message me or message me and I'll follow you and you can so direct you message me to, direct to give me, me some questions. Message. 
Yeah, and so dogs. You to... I'll leave those as well. <laughs> Direct message Gary on... On Twitter. Uh, yes, you can do that at, at The Gary Show. I'm at Matt's TV Bites if you, if you just want to say hi. Um, yeah. That's nice. Good, and, tell Matt uh, he's winning 3-2 in the competition and, 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 yeah, and wish him good luck for the weeks to come. Finally, uh, Luke, who's not here, is at Luke on the run. No, at Luke <laughs> Custard TV. Uh, look, at, oh, it's at the top of the document, at Luke Custard TV. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and we suppose we should say that the the custardtv.com is the website. Yeah, if you want to see the latest sort of shows that are coming soon, the reviews sort of, of new announcements, reviews of things, there's a review of Doctor Foster. I will and, be doing more and it's, my weekly it's things. It's got so. a great picture of a microphone to the right, and you can also sign up for the cookies. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, is that like a Facebook also uh, Facebook www.facebook.com/slash/thecustardtv. Yeah. Uh, on the Facebook. So I know it's the, that bad review we got on iTunes. So if you'd like to uh, go and report that, you know, I mean, Luke, cut, like you know Luke cut that out of the podcast when we, when I mentioned it before. Oh, okay, fine. So, so if you'd like before. to give us a review on iTunes, you can go there and search Custard TV Live on iTunes. No, if you'd like yeah. to, only if you'd like to give us a good review. Yeah, if you want to give us a bad review, review, perhaps email us first. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Get in touch with and Gary. We'll and we'll talk I, you I, out of it. Yeah. Yeah, get, just do some quiz questions instead. Indeed, obviously. yeah, you have to part answer three quiz questions if you want to give anything less than a five-star review. That's uh, that's, I think that's, that's eminently fair. We could do, I tell you what, I know we don't, we don't plug too much on this show. We don't do too much, but uh, do you know what? Luke works blooming hard on the website. Yeah. We have to say that. And Matt occasionally, and me hardly ever. Although when I do, I don't half let you know about it. But uh, give, give us some love on Twitter. Give us some love on iTunes. Uh, we didn't make it in the podcast awards recently, and we think that maybe no. we didn't sell ourselves enough. Uh, so there you are. <laughs> Not like that, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Um, and hopefully Luke will be back next week. Uh, same time, I don't think he's like... going to get very far. I think they'll catch him pretty quick, won't they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does, he does Twitter a lot, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, loca- yeah. Location settings are on and all that. See you next week then. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a good episode, actually. I Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.